It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. It's true. And now, here's Pete. It's all true. Welcome to the show. Hope you're doing well. Thank you so much for letting me join you, letting me be a part of your day. I do appreciate it. Thank you to patrons who help make the show possible, like Mark, Grant, David, Cindy, Eric, Dan, Joshua, Christian, Stephanie, and Casey. Uh, thanks so much. They became patrons to the show. You can as well just by going to thepetecalendarshow.com. There's a big fat subscribe button right there in the middle of the page, right next to my big fat face, and you just click on subscribe, and uh, then it comes right to your smartphone or tablet. You don't have to do anything. It's just right there. Every day, I'm like, in your pocket, you just carry me around uh, and uh, listen to me whenever you want. So if teachers and North Carolina Democrats are going to keep schools closed, or they're going to keep trying to keep the schools closed, then Republicans and parents need to move quickly to expand school choice, more so than they have. And one way to do that is a thing called education savings accounts. And I'm going to talk with education reformer and former Democratic state lawmaker Marcus Brandon in a minute. First, if your yard equipment is in need of some reform, then you need to get on over to General Equipment Rental, generalrents.com. I have to admit, I have been spending a little bit more time on the website perusing (laughs) some of the equipment now that Christy and I are getting ready to buy our house and I have to uh, resupply on my yard equipment. And look, spring is coming. So if you need some yard equipment upgrades, Honda and Husqvarna, uh, these are quality products, top quality products. And General Equipment Rental is your official licensed Husqvarna and Honda outdoor power equipment sales and service provider. So they're specialists. Okay. And what does that mean? Well, if you go to a store, And I don't want to name any names, but like the big box stores, you know them. And you go in there and they've got all the mowers lined up. And the guy that you talk to might know something about mowers, right? They may, the the person, the representative may know something or two about mowers, but you don't know that they could very well be the paint supply uh, manager. And they're actually uh, just covering while the, the yard guy is on lunch break. Okay. So when you go to general equipment rental, they know all of the, the equipment. They've they've been specialists for Husqvarna and Honda for years, so they know changes in the models and stuff. And so if you're looking to pick up, you know, tillers uh, for the garden work that you want to redo your garden, and if this is a normal thing for you, you're doing like every year, then maybe you buy it. Now, if you don't want to buy it, you just rent it. General Equipment Rental, you can rent these tools as well. But if you want the new tools and you want to keep them, mowers, pressure washers, Honda generators, great idea. Um chainsaws, trimmers, hedge clippers, uh, mowers. And this is, by the way, they've got the commercial grade mowers as well. So if you own a landscaping business and you're looking to get a new mower, uh, this is the place you need to go because not only do they sell you the equipment, they provide all the service after the sale too. They know this, they know the equipment and they do all the service work. So you're now part of the family. General Equipment Rental. They got gas-powered, battery-powered tools. Whatever tool you're looking for to rent or to buy, Go to General Equipment Rental, generalrents.com, and think outside your toolbox. Oh, I forgot. They're in Weaverville at Merriman Avenue and Reams Creek Road, and uh, family-owned and operated for three generations. And uh, actually, if you go in looking for, like, Husqvarna products, you're probably going to end up talking to the company president (laughs) because he's the certified expert on Husqvarna. So uh, head on over there. Tell them you heard it here on the show. I appreciate that. And support local businesses like General Equipment Rental, generalrents.com. Think outside your toolbox. There we go. Joining me now is Marcus Brandon. He is the executive director for Carolina Can, and you can uh, check out his work at the website, which is north.carolinacan.org. Marcus, welcome back to the program. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So you're a busy guy still. Um, <laughs> that's, and so uh, you, uh, so by way of background, you were a former uh, North Carolina legislator, uh, and now you're doing a lot of education reform uh, work. And so tell us uh, briefly, what is North Carolina CAN and what what's the mission statement? What do you guys do? Yeah, we're an education advocacy policy network here in North Carolina that basically deals with all ed reforms. Um, whether it's public school, private, uh, home, uh, 
homeschooling charters. Uh, we want to, uh, our basic goal is to make sure that we have high quality seats for all of our kids regardless of their, uh, of their zip code or income. And I think the last time we spoke, we discussed sort of the general concept of school choice. And uh, what last week, I guess it was there uh, that it was school choice week, right? National School Choice Week. Uh, so I imagine you were walking the halls of the legislature a bunch for that. And uh, one of the ideas that is now getting kicked around in the legislative building is this idea of uh, pandemic relief education account or PREA or PREA. So tell us, what is this What is this vehicle? And I, I, I guess I assume it's getting funded with some of this COVID relief money that the feds are kicking down? Yeah, so basically it takes um, a very popular program um, that, um, that we have with our special needs. Um, we have a special needs education account um, for parents um, that children have problem fours or IEPs. But this is really dealing with the reality of of what we are seeing with the pandemic. We had a lot of kids that were behind before the pandemic. Now they're even more behind and those kids were not behind are now behind. And we really have a economic um, tsunami catastrophe headed for us, no matter what timeline we pull ourselves out of this pandemic, the rubble is gonna be um, uh, really catastrophic as, as, as the numbers are coming in as we what we already see. Um, and so, what this will allow us to do is just to empower parents. A lot of parents are upset. Schools are not being reopened. Um, um, they can't get the help that they need, but they're tied to a public school. And, 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 and so what this bill does is says, hey, if you, um, to empower parents, let's give them the ability to find a tutor, to, um, to get educational, uh, more educational options with curriculums or, or, or classes or even some of the um, special needs, things like speech therapy. Um, it's like an a la carte that will be able to help enhance the, um, enhance the um, educational um, experience for, for, a lot, for a number of our parents who are feeling like their hands are tied. Kids are at home and, um, and they're, they, they are, are basically doing the education. And what we want them to know is that parents are facilitators of education, they're not teachers. And so we want to empower them to be able to have more tools than they have now to make sure that, you know, I always tell everybody, buddy, that everybody in Algebra 1 has to be in Algebra 2 next year, regardless if we're giving out fake grades and regardless of what the current situation is. And everybody that's in second grade has to be on third grade reading level. All of these things still have to happen. So to the extent that we can empower parents to get them there will not only help them, but it would also help our educators. So there's not 24 kids in the classroom that are all two years behind. We can help them out with some of these kids um, and parents that are empowering them to continue to read or to take that extra um, tutor to make sure they are ready for Algebra 2 next year, um, um, per se. So we think this is a great build and empowers parents. And um, we I, honestly, I think it's um, the way it's going to go anyway in the next 15 20 years and so for north carolina to be on the cutting edge of this it's really significant and i think the last time we spoke was sort of at the beginning of the pandemic <laughs> earlier obviously it was several months ago probably about six seven months ago uh right. and uh, i think we talked at the time about how north carolina was not as far along the path on the school choice journey as other states and maybe you know it would we would the state would look a lot different the response would look a lot different to covid uh if we had more of these options available so since we last spoke six seven months ago um have you seen more of uh have you seen positive developments have you seen sort of light at the end of the tunnel on the school choice journey here because of the pandemic I think so. I think what you've seen is, is that you've seen a rise in around 40% of our homeschoolers, of parents who've just really taken their kids out of school. And um, basically, because schools have been closed, it's been the best thing for school choice, really. Yeah. Uh, um, and I, I, I give credit to my teachers who has fought to death to keep their schools closed. And so I, <laughs> I, I always say, thank, I, I've, been, I've been laughing and they're like, no one, we all work hard and and work to get grant money to expand school choice. And here, the teachers have done it for us. The teachers union has done it for us. Um, but, but 
in seriousness, like what we have seen is, is that what we always see, parents lead this. Parents have always been the one uh, in every single poll all across the country, including here in North Carolina, where parents want choice at over 70 percentile. And we discussed that the last time I was here. And these parents are now wanting to exercise that choice in numbers we've never seen before. And so the General Assembly has to respond to that. And uh, because we have, like I said, we've got like 40 more percent kids who are all homeschooled that was never all homeschooled before. A homeschool population with our pods um, looks totally different than the the traditional homeschool of what you and I know to be. And 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 then we've got private schools that are overflowing and uh, at max and, um, and, and 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 can't accept any more students. And so we we owe it. As at the General Assembly, one, we did do a great deal of work from 2010 to 2020 um, with adding the Opportunity Scholarship, uh, which is otherwise known as vouchers, mm-hmm. and expanding charter schools. And what we learned in that 10 years is that all of the doom and gloom that was predicted by my friends at my party, oh, it's going to do this, it's going it's, 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 you know, to decrease pay for teachers and uh, it's going to take money from public schools, but everybody that's been paying attention should know that even though we implemented those programs and others, um, that our teachers got bigger raises than they've ever seen before. Our um, education um, gap is trimmed for the first time ever. So these are the things that, like, even though you hear doom and gloom, what happens when you do that? Our, our side was emphatically right, and in the 2020 um, election, it was more than clear that school choice was the biggest winner by both parties. Both parties took some hits. Both parties had some victories, but at the end of the day, school choice won um, big time, uh, and school choice candidates won big time, and, um, and 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 we owe it to the state of North Carolina to create more programs that they wanted and they voted for. Yeah. More with Marcus Brandon in a minute. First, Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team, they can help you get out of that house you're in now and maybe move closer to a school that you want to send your kids to, right? Rowena Patton, her all-star powerhouse team, they outsell 99% of the realtors in the entire state of North Carolina. They're the only official Homes for Heroes uh, realtors in the Asheville area, which means if you are an educator... Also, a police officer, a firefighter, healthcare professional, or military, so veterans, active duty, retirees, you can keep 25% from the realtor commissions. Go to mountainhomehunt.com, get details there, or give her a call at 333 4483. Buying or selling, call Rowena Patton, the only agent that I called uh, when Christy and I started to buy our house. Uh, Rowena Patton, 333 4483. Give her a call and then start packing. So these education savings accounts, and correct me if I'm wrong, aren't these, it's the same concept, right? North Carolina has this stuff already, right? The five, what is it, the 529 plans? Is that is that the same thing? It's not the same thing. Okay. And, uh, it, it's not the same thing. We have that, and that's more for college, gotcha. 529s, and, um, and, and, that's for, and that's all about tax stuff. And I'm not um, going to pretend like I know a lot about tax stuff, but um, <laughs> me but neither. <laughs> but five, right? Five two nines are basically a college savings account. Okay. And, and, and this would be more aligns what you've seen. Uh, we we have an education savings account for kids with special needs, and they can do the same thing. Except that number is much higher. It's about six thousand dollars per parent um, so that that can get that. But this is be more around, you know, fifteen to fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars, and this is really meant. Although it can go to a tuition program if that's what a parent chooses, it's more likely that it'll be more impactful for people to use it for supplemental educational services in the entity that they're already at. What makes it universal? Because I'm calling it a universal ESA because we would be the first state to ever implement a universal ESA. As you stated before, there are other states that have done this, um, and they're wildly popular. Like in Florida, they have this, but it's specifically for reading. Gotcha. And, and, um, but it's now wildly popular because a lot of the parents need this. And so it, it, it's blew up since the pandemic. And so other states have seen that. But we would be the first state 
that did a universal ESA where all of our entities, not just public, not just private, but all public, private, charter, homeschool, and virtual would be accessible under the criteria. And so parents could use this uh, education savings account, about $1,500. What could they use it for? They could use it for tutors. They could use it for uh, curriculums if they're in homeschooling pods. Um, they could also use it for um, AP classes or different types of classes um, that they can find online um, and, and take those courses themselves online. They can use it for technology um, equipment um, uh, to, to help, uh, especially for our rural folks down east where um, broad, uh, connectivity is, is a, a real issue. Uh, and I think the governor is trying to help with that. Um, and then they can use it and some, like some of our special needs do, like with speech therapy. And, and one of the things that I'm working on is to try to include mental health because a lot of people have forgotten that even though we've gone plumb crazy through this pandemic <laughs> uh, because of the long, because of the lack of control, just think about what the kids who have even less control than we do and the lack of socialization um, has created a lot of um, things that, you know, some of our vulnerable populations some people need to know that some of our vulnerable populations, schools were there, escape. Yeah. And now that there's no escape, there's even more trauma. Right. And so with even more trauma, there becomes even more uh, kids that are coming to school not ready to learn. And we're going to have to deal with that um, as a part of this pandemic um, of getting out of it. Yeah. I, uh, I curse the people who have kept the schools closed for making me defend the reopening of K-12 government-run schools. <laughs> I hate the fact right. that I'm the one that's now being, the, that I am forced to be this voice to say, this is important, you need to open. But I think we kind of, we may have touched on this last time we spoke, which was the, that, you know, the, the schools, the K-12 model, so much of our society is now ordered around that model uh, over. Right. And so you, you get people dependent on these services and then you pull the plug on them and, of course they're going to suffer. And so like even me who wants to see this system dismantled to a large extent and uh, where people will be able to, you know, uh, come and go and choose where they want and how they want to learn. I recognize that you that we're not there yet. And so pulling the plug on the schools has been incredibly uh, devastating for kids. Um, And I'm so and I'm curious now this does this fifteen hundred dollars, this this idea this doesn't strike me as something that should be partisan. Is it, uh, you know, in your discussions with lawmakers while you talk about this stuff, is this getting some traction among both parties? I could see Republicans kind of signing on to it to some degree, but I don't no. know. No, so it's, 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 it's funny because I call it this a mindset bill because it helps both mindsets where I have to fight as a Democrat in the middle of this. So um, I, I, I have to fight my party. And so, and, uh, but what it does is so for Democrats, this will help them understand, which they need to understand, that there's a difference between public education and public schools. Yeah. And, you're, and that, you're, 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 that your oath and the Constitution requires you to have a sound basic public education and that can mean many different things and so and and so here we have an opportunity for them to support a bill that not only supports public school kids but it supports all kids because it doesn't matter if you're in Raleigh Ravenscroft private school or if you're in Raleigh Millbrook Millbrook public school we've all been affected by this pandemic and it's and our lawmakers have the responsibility to respond to all of our kids' needs. And this bill helps us get there because the Democrats have always viewed this as a, as a, you know, public schools and public education are the same thing and are not the same thing. And, and so that helps on that end. On the Republican side, it helps me to be able to say, hey, look, public people choose public schools or cannot, do not have the ability to make a choice. Not everybody has... Not all of our counties have a choice, yeah. by the way. And then number two is is that some parents just don't have the ability. They don't have the transportation to get there. For many, they have three, four kids. that can't be in two places at one time. There are a plethora of reasons why people, even if they wanted to do choice, can't. And so, um, and we, and then there is the reasoning, like even me, and I think I told you before, 
with my with the school. I love my public school. I love my high school uh, football team, and I, I was a true, you know, uh, a, a fan before I even got there. So there's other reasons why people choose public schools, and we've got to respect that as a choice. It's a choice. It's a pure choice. People, right? We need to respect the choices of everybody. And some people choose. A lot of people choose public schools, and what you just touched on is is the truth. We're not there yet, but the, what I'm what people need to know: we need a robust public school system. We will never be able to have enough choice programs to eliminate public schools. But what we want to do is have enough choice programs to hold public schools accountable, because nothing moves unless money moves. And and so once they see some of their kids leaving to other programs because of some of the, the historic I mean, really historic since the beginning of time, systematic issues that they have and won't deal with because they always want to talk about it in terms of money, when money is not the problem for those particular issues. Mm-hmm. And, um, but but when, you, when you force, when you allow choice, it makes them have those hard conversations and it would allow them to be able to have a truthful, honest discussion of why parents are leaving the public schools in droves and maybe they will have a discussion on how to end that. And that would be good for everybody. A good public school system, along with a great choice system, would give us the capacity that we need in order to have a great edu- a North Carolina edu- public education system. Right. Means- it, since the, when you said that the last time we spoke, I uh, it has stuck with me ever since that there is a difference between public education and public schools. And I think it's a great way to say it. And it's a great mindset to adopt, because when you think in the when you when you can think in those terms, then right. all of a sudden everything becomes a lot clearer and you start seeing a lot of different options and, and you don't see them anymore as threats, which is really how a lot of. I think public school defenders and advocates view the work that you do. They view it as a threat when, in fact, it is not. Although maybe it's a threat to their power, but it's not a threat to the kids. It's, it's not, not a threat to education. To their power. Like we, were just, like we, I just gave you an example earlier where we expanded choice more than we've ever done in the state of North Carolina in ten years, and it had actually gave teachers more pay and actually helped their capacity issues. When they've got trailers every which way and can't house the people they have they, right now, this helps them. If they would stop letting their teachers union be extremists and, um, and allowing them to dictate this conversation, most teachers are alongside with the 75% of North Carolinians that understand choice is good for the greater good of, of policy, of North Carolina education policy. And so we'll really just have 23% of the people that are against it, and most of those are teachers that have been, um, who drank the Kool-Aid from the teachers union and can't see beyond it, and and lawmakers that can't see beyond the threat of what the teachers union give them. Other than that, everybody agrees. Right. <laughs> so, 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 um, so now we just got to give some, um, so now I think this bill kind of brings both, ta- both sides to the table and, and, and recognizes what we already know. We owe it to parents to get, empower them so they can have a sound basic education. And it's not our business to determine where and when and what. We just need to provide the access and opportunity. My guest is Marcus Brandon. He's a former state Democratic lawmaker and also an education reformer. Uh, more with him in a minute. First, let's talk a little bit about your sleep. OK, do you have an old mattress and you know it's old, like if it's all bent and sagging, like on the side, you know, where you get out and get into bed every day and every night. And uh, maybe there's a big pit in the middle of the bed. You just kind of roll into this pit and then you're there for the rest of the night because you can't get out. Although it's not very comfortable. Okay, you need a new mattress. And right now at Mattress Man, they've got the tax refund sale going on. So you buy now, you pay later, and you have no interest financing. Sleep on your mattress right away and then pay it off when your tax return comes in. You can also pick up a Split King mattress. The blowout continues with free adjustable bases with the purchase of select mattresses. So head on into Mattress Man. They've got four locations in Asheville. Arden and Hendersonville. They do ship nationwide. They have local five-star delivery service, and they have a 120-day comfort guarantee. So 
Do what I did. Head on over to Mattress Man. Tell them you heard it here on the show. I appreciate that. And experience the difference. Mattressmanstores.com. Buy local and sleep better. So I do wonder if this gives people, uh, particularly Democratic lawmakers, if it gives them some some breathing room. If Because it gives the this... Uh, this pathway for public school parents to take advantage of it. It's it's a way that they can be seen um, as providing this relief. Right. While right. also not completely going on, you know, with the, you know, vouchers and everything else like not I'm right. not you know, I'm not for all of that yet. But this is it's a step on that path. And I wonder if if they do, if you get a couple of them that do, do they realize that some of the threats from the teachers union doesn't that those threats are hollow that they don't actually have the power it's one of the things that's always amazed me about the ncae is that they seem to have a very loud voice but not a lot of impact and uh and i i, I, I they have like they have a very little impact and that's what i'm trying to get my yeah. democratic leaders to understand we lost every election we could lose and it was because we catered to the t- not just because but one of the biggest facts like you take for example the north carolina supreme court case now, Justice Beasley lost that race by less than, you know, five, six hundred votes. Yes, yeah, 400 can, votes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can attest to you there were thousands of African-American Democrats that are in private schools that voted against her because they knew that there was a pending case to close their school. Oh, wow. And, and so and so and and, and 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 literally she could have won the election. We could have had that if that was not a threat. But it was a threat, and people are going to choose their schools over politicians. They're going to choose their kids over politicians, and it keeps happening. And um, and they lost in North Carolina, like, you know, for Democrats in North Carolina to lose the superintendent race two times in a row should give them a big, clear smack upside the face to listen to the people. But they still refuse to listen. So I'm trying to get the Democratic leaders to understand that, you know, the teachers certainly have a place in the conversation, but they don't have the only place. Their impact, you know, is in winning elections is absolutely dismal. Hmm. And and so um, and and so they can they're really more impactful in a primary trying, you know, right. trying to stop people like myself and others. They are impactful that way. But in terms of the general election where we need the skinny to hit the road, they are not impactful at all. In fact, they're hurtful. And, and, and they, they cost us seats this year and they cost us the Supreme Court seat and they cost us for two times in a row. They cost us the, um, the uh, North Carolina superintendent race because people are very aware of what they're voting for. At Schools of Choice, people have assembled. Those parents have, have gotten together. I know that I've assembled the black led Schools of Choice and those parents and we educate them on who to on who supports your school and who does not, and they will vote accordingly because yeah. the most important thing to them is their kid. So now I have seen a lot of analysis about that Supreme Court Chief Justice race, uh, and I don't know enough about the judicial races uh, or elections and how to read all the data and stuff. i just seen people who are smarter than me, I assume, that they broke down the data and all that, and I have never really understood why that race was so close, but also why she lost. And that that's the most believable explanation. And I don't have any, you know, I've not seen any of your data to support it, but that it rings true because that is, and we've talked about this before, that this that choice is a wildly popular idea among everybody. It's also wildly popular specifically among the black community and black right. parents. And it's for some reason, and we talked about this last time, I, I still remember our conversation, which was that, you know, because I asked you, why does the Democratic Party not cater to this desire among its core constituency? I don't understand why they why they ignore them. And that so what you this now makes sense as to why Beasley would have lost if if parents were very aware that there was a case coming, which I was not. Um, then that would make yeah, a lot the of sense. Through the opportunity scholarship and um, and 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 it took has taken it to the Supreme Court and. That was something that we had to educate our parents on, mm. With, and 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 they voted accordingly. I know they did, and um, and it hurts me because you know there are other issues that that are important to Democrats that right. the Supreme Court would do. 
But I, but what I keep trying to tell Democratic leaders, none of that matters when it becomes to their child getting a high quality education. Everything is out the window. And one of the things that they, the secret thing that they don't understand is that Obama, when Obama won statewide North Carolina, he had the most support among white women voters. Mm-hmm. And so working on this this bill, I have seen nothing but white women soccer moms who want this bill to pass, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 the reoccurring thing that I never thought of was they are the ones that are leaving our party also in bigger droves because of school choice issues. And because and all of these parents who want the schools reopened, who work every day, got intensive jobs who now had to quit their job or take a leave of absence to edgy because their kids are at home and they are mad, left the party hmm. or left, didn't vote for Democrats. And um, and I've talked to I never knew that that even was a dichotomy until I started working on this bill. And I've been working with the reopened school parents and they let me know that they left the Democratic Party several years back because they were not able. They didn't find them to be where they needed to be on education, which People, it never comes up as like the top issue. But yeah. it is an issue that people do vote on, and people, um, and people, and 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 moms, and especially when Obama, uh, 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 see, Obama was for ed reform, and so um, and, and 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 people forget that. Hmm. But uh, but you can look at the data all you want to, and you can see it that Obama had more support among white women voters than anybody as a democrat even more than hillary clinton even more than deborah ross right Mm -hmm. so um and so it's there's something going on there and it would behoove my party leaders to figure it out instead of coming to the black community begging us to get every single nook and cranny out to vote your bigger problem is is that white women left you and you need to figure that out and one of the biggest reasons why they left you is because of this issue of school choice. Yeah. Huh. That's, uh, that's interesting. It's one of the, it reminds me, there's a, there's an old, uh, saying in, uh, in radio that if you want to dr- do a, uh, caller driven topic, then you, uh, you present a topic and it generally, it falls along one of three main lines. And one is, you know, anything that gets between you and your money, you and your parking space or you and your kids. And that's right. it. And those are the three big ones because everybody's got a take on it, and it it motivates people um, to call in because everyone has an opinion, and it is personal. Uh, and so anything that's going to get between someone and their kid, they're motivated, and they're motivated to call in, and they're motivated yeah. to vote. So because they're not they're not us, they're not policy walks and things like that. They have no idea what we're talking about right now, except the fact that they know that they want a great education. So when we say these people want to close your school. That's all they need to know. Mm-hmm. That's I, all they need to hear. They, all the other policies and things like that is on the back burner. I want my kid to stay at Victory Christian. I want my kid to stay at the school that they're at because they because they were at another school and they were going to commit suicide mm-hmm. because they. But now they're flourishing, and there's all many types of story. If people parents didn't move for a reason, they move for a reason. So. Um, so well, it's like that's, that's it's like that. colleges. This is the thing. I've I, there is a there's already a model for this. It's it's higher education, right? Like right. you can go to a private school or you can go to a public school. You can go to a big school. Right. You can go to a little school. Like you don't. Ha- there are different types of educational programs and settings for all sorts of different people, so they can find the one that best suits them. I don't understand why this concept is so difficult <laughs> at the lower it's levels. It's not difficult to understand. Like I said, 75% yeah. of the people get it. Yeah. The only people that don't get it are people who get paid to not get it. And, um, <laughs> and, and, and that's it. That, that, that's it. That's it. Now so, I, I do. Well, so this bill, I think um, the education savings account, because it had such far reaching um, um, capacities, I do think we can get bipartisanship, but in the meantime, I do think it will just change the mindset of what we think about it, how we think about education, not just lawmakers, but even parents of, of, of what their role in education is and what how they are able to be empowered to facilitate education. Yeah. And to understand that yelling four times four is 16. I can't believe I raised someone this dumb. I want parents to know that is not learning. 
and you shouldn't that and and, we, and, and that is that's that's not what we want our parents to be doing we want you to give you empower you to be able to be like dean smith who was not better than michael jordan in basketball but was able to facilitate him to be able to have a higher level of basketball when he got to carolina because he was a coach not because he was a great tremendous basketball player to do a 360 dunk so that's the way parents should look at this you are a facilitator you are a coach you're not an educator you should not be teaching <laughs> all things all things make their way back to basketball always right. In, in North Carolina. All right. uh, as it's always a pleasure to chat with you good to catch up with you marcus brandon yes, uh again the website is north.carolinacan.org and if you go there uh click the blog link that's at the top and you can get onto the uh the email list so you can uh, uh follow all the developments and stay engaged find out how to support uh the effort to get this thing through the legislature and uh, keep me posted uh, as well, and we'll have you back on as this thing winds its way through the legislature. I appreciate you for having me. Thanks a lot. Take care, buddy. You too. All right. And uh, speaking of taking care, are you taking care of your significant other for Valentine's Day? I've got an idea for you. How about this? Some Growers Hemp CBD Balm. It's the balm. It is. It's great for hips. It uh, It's great for backs and hands and feet. All of your hurts. And uh, if you try the bomb, you and your friends can enter the discount code LOVE for a Valentine's Day BOGO discount. Buy one, get one free of the bomb. Uh, the promo code is LOVE, L-O-V-E. All you do is go to growershemp.com, use the promo code LOVE at checkout, and you'll get a buy one, get one free. This is through the end of the month. Uh, see the website for details. Growers Hemp, these are North Carolina farmers that decided, you know what, we're a bunch of family farmers and we're going to band together, sort of like a co-op model. And we're going to control this hemp crop and the and then the uh, manufacturing of the CBD. Because a lot of these companies were coming in from out of state uh, as North Carolina's hemp industry was getting uh, off the ground and uh, as it was sprouting, if you will. And uh, these companies, they, they made a lot of promises to a lot of farmers and then they skipped town and the farmers kind of got burned. So uh, they don't want that to happen again. And so they said, you know what, let's control the whole process from seed all the way to shelf. And that means you get better quality and it means you get lower prices and you're supporting North Carolina family farms. So uh, go to growershemp.com. Remember promo code love, and that'll get you the bomb to uh, buy one, get one free, right? Two for the price of one. Uh, see the website for all the details, growershemp.com. And as always, here is the official disclaimer. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and the efficacy of these products has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Nothing I have said is meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from your healthcare provider. So consult your healthcare professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product. Go to growershemp.com, promo code LOVE, buy one, get one free of the bomb, growershemp.com. From North Carolina farmers to your home, Growers Hemp is about the hemp and not the hype. So the North Carolina General Assembly is getting ready to approve this bill that would force schools to offer in-person instruction. And this, as I mentioned the other day, this has put the uh, the North Carolina uh, Democratic lawmakers in a pinch. They're caught between a rock and a hard place, and the rock is parents, and the hard place is the teachers' union. The Association of Educators, don't call it a union, but it's a union. It's a chapter of the NEA, but North Carolina is a right-to-work state, so they don't have collective bargaining rights, and so they pretend that they're not a union, but they operate as a union. Although I will say, uh, to their credit, some of the leaders recently in like the last year or two have been more overt in declaring themselves to be operating as a union. But I digress. Um, the North Carolina Democratic Party and these uh, lawmakers, they're in a bind. I've got a press release here from the Senate President Pro Tem Phil Berger, a Republican. He says that the Democrats know that the science overwhelmingly shows students can safely return to school by following protocols already outlined by the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services. But the NCAE, to whom the Democrats have long been wedded, opposes school reopenings. So, from a purely political standpoint, 
uh, running this bill to reopen the schools, this has jammed up Democrats. Okay, the lawmakers, state lawmakers, Democratic lawmakers are jammed up by this because uh, every now and again, doing the right thing, passing the right policy also happens to be good politics. And that's where the Republicans are on this measure. This is the right thing to do. This is good policy. And it has the benefit of being really good politics. Right now, we get no analysis of this from the uh, from the North Carolina Capitol Press Corps. We're, we're not getting any kind of analysis about how jammed up the Democrats are on this. Every now and again, we'll get some reference to the teachers union, sorry, the Association of Educators, right, that the, the teachers group, that they have concerns and, you know, they want to be reopened safely and that sort of thing. But the, you don't get any kind of a, an analysis or or commentary about the position that this is putting Democratic lawmakers in. And what is the position? They're they're pitting parents against Democrats or teachers against Democrats. That's what the Republicans have done by running the bill. Now, Democrats could have said, uh, we're going to go ahead and do this reopening bill. We'll vote for it. They could have gone ahead and done that and angered the, you know, what, four or five percent of teachers like that, that teacher union membership. They could have done that. Do you think that the NCAE would go out and campaign against Democratic lawmakers, especially if all of them went along with the reopening bill? I doubt it. But it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what the Democrats and the NCAE think. Okay, so so we are left to just assume these things because we don't get the kind of coverage about Democratic machinations like this, the political fallout and ramifications. We just don't get that in North Carolina. We don't we we don't get that kind of uh, examination of Democratic motivation. The uh, Senate president pro tem goes on to state in this press release that uh, Democrats support schools reopening, they say, but they oppose measures to actually reopen the schools. And they voted for one point six billion dollars in school aid. And then 24 hours later, they claimed that there's not enough money (laughs) to reopen the schools. But never fear, everybody, because WRAL is here to provide air cover for the Democratic allies in the General Assembly. The. Uh, parent company of WRAL is Capital Broadcasting Company. These, this is the same company that put out that uh, the the political cartoon calling all of the Republican school board members uh, members of the KKK because they refused to get on board with critical race theory getting embedded into our curriculum in K twelve social studies and history. Um, the state, so they put out an editorial. By the way. The editorials are written by a guy named Seth Efron. Seth Efron uh, was the former press secretary comms guy for two prior Democratic governors, Bev Perdue and Mike Easley. That's the guy that WRAL's parent company hired to speak as the institutional voice for James Goodman and family. The, The Goodmans donate tons of money to left-wing Blueprint NC organizations in an attempt to get Democrats into elected office. So that's the structure at play here, okay? And uh, they push this content out every single day, uh, and they always, which is pretty amazing, like, that you could write the same editorial every single day and still get paid (laughs) for doing so. Uh, So here is what the institutional voice that owns WRAL Here's what they said, uh, Seth Efron wrote, that the state Senate legislation uh, mandating the reopening of schools lacks the funding for the necessary additional instructional staff to assure effective learning. There aren't the appropriate health safeguards to assure schools aren't hazardous and dangerous. No one should be required to risk their lives unless it's the people delivering me food. Right, Seth? Mm -hmm. So you can work from home. Uh, And that's no exaggeration, he says, to fulfill some legislators political agenda. See, no one should be required to risk their lives to fulfill some legislators political agenda. This is actually a sign of cognitive dissonance. 
this is or it's outright just dishonesty but it's cognitive dissonance when you're in an argument and you start ascribing nefarious motives to the other person because you cannot argue on the merits of the of the position or the policy and so you just start attacking them because attacking somebody's motives as nefarious is essentially an, it, it's just like name calling it has the same effect it's proof you're losing the argument and he is they are democrats are losing this argument and so now they're trying to claim that there's no money for the reopening to be done safely and that's just not true he says there's no money in the bill to pay for more teachers <laughs> so there this is interesting so we got to hire more teachers according to Seth Efron and uh, uh, WRAL's parent company, Carolina uh, uh, Capital Broadcasting Company. I always want to call it Carolina Broadcast. I don't know why. Um, so he says that more, we need more teachers because you know we're going to have uh, you know fewer kids in the classrooms. So that means more classrooms, and that means more teachers are needed. Okay, what? Well, but is that true? See, all the the legislation does is say that schools have to offer in person instruction. It doesn't say. You have to only offer in-person instruction. And so you're going to have a lot of parents that are not comfortable sending their kids to school. And so they're going to keep their kids at home. And I'm totally fine with that. See, I'm, I am pro-choice on this. I would prefer that parents and students make their own call on this stuff. And so if they're going to stay home, what does that mean? Right. Not as many kids at the school, which means not as many teachers are needed because your teacher, pupil, ratio declines right because you got fewer kids in the classroom and then you got parents or you have teachers rather who are not comfortable returning either they can do the remote teaching see how that works like i know i, I know i beat up on educators pretty uh regularly here well i I, be, I beat up on the educrats really um but i actually think that they have a pretty good shot at figuring this out I do. I think that they can figure it out. I don't think it's this logistical nightmare that people are le uh, want us all to believe. Okay, so this is WRAL saying that we can't possibly do this. This is lawmakers, political uh, motivations. This is their agenda. That's why they're pushing this. And uh, they need a whole bunch more money. And then he goes on to say, though, it isn't a question about the money, though. There there are billions of dollars that are available just sitting in this uh, unreserved cash for a rainy day. And like, this is the rainy day, people. OK, uh, maybe WRAL is not aware of its own reporting, but the legislature actually passed a bill, one point six billion dollars using federal aid and allocating it to schools to support the reopening. State Senator Dina Ballard, Republican from Watauga, uh, co-chairs the Senate Education Committee. And in this press release from Senate leader, uh, the president pro tem Phil Berger's office, she is quoted as saying, quote, the disinformation campaign to withhold education from children is stunning and despicable. This WRAL editorial is devious in its attempt to misinform each of the funding requests that were actually listed by WRAL is already covered in that bill, in the $1.6 billion aid package that was already passed last week. See, but WRAL's editorial just says this bill to reopen schools. See, there are two bills. And so WRAL is saying, well, you did this reopening bill, but you didn't put any money in it. Yeah, well, we put the money in another one that already passed, $1.6 billion. See, so what RAL is saying is we need this more money. Uh, we need more money in this bill. So all of that other money that you already sent out, that doesn't count. $1.6 billion, that, that doesn't count. So we want more in addition to this. Everything, she, she goes on to list additional transportation resources, appropriate space and facilities, adequate nursing staffing, uh, regular on-site COVID testing. Each of these items is eligible for the $1.6 billion in school aid that the legislature passed last week in its school reopening companion bill. So what is the point here? What is the point of WRAL misleading like this? The point is to give teachers cover and to give Democrats cover. That's the point. All of this, see, once you recognize that WRAL's parent company is an arm, a propaganda arm of the Democratic Party, all of this makes sense. 
Okay, all of this makes sense, which uh, almost as much sense as going to Old Grouch's military surplus, for real. If you are thinking about uh, how your cold weather gear is not really up to par that you actually need to replace some of your gear, then head on over to Old Grouch's military surplus. Uh, He's got Gore-Tex, he's got uh, military field jackets, camo and in green, he's got wool sweaters, wool and fleece toboggans, he's got everything, everything you need for winter. And he's also got ammo cans, he's got gun accessories, backpacks, if your kids are finally going to be able to go back to school, you want to score a military-grade backpack, it's going to last way longer than the cheap ones from the big box stores, plus it looks cool. It just, it looks cool. Uh, head on over to Old Grouch's Military Surplus on Main Street in downtown Clyde. Shop is open Monday through Saturday. It's across the street from the anti-aircraft gun, and it's open 24-7, of course, online at oldgrouch.com. By the way, North Carolina's Democratic Senate challenger Jeff Jackson voted against the reopening uh, bill this week. Uh, this actually made a bit of national news, the Washington Free Beacon giving it some attention because Jackson, the Charlotte-based attorney, serves as a state senator. He's one of 16 Democrats to vote against the bill, and he is he's already announced his intention to run for the U.S. Senate seat that is being vacated when Senator Richard Burr retires next year. Uh, The Washington Free Beacon story says while the reopening bill will likely reach the governor's desk, it's unclear if he will sign it. Cooper has expressed support for in-person learning but refuses to require local school districts to reopen. Senate Republicans would need 30 votes to override a potential veto, but the bill uh, in the Senate only picked up 29 votes. So uh, this is going to come down to whether or not Cooper wants to go along. See, Republicans have done a pretty good job here of jamming him up. And by the way, the bill in the Senate had bipartisan support. Yeah, it picked up a couple of Democrats. So um, will they stand uh, by their original vote or will they stand by their governor? We shall see. The Free Beacon goes on to say most North Carolina students have been stuck with virtual schooling throughout the pandemic. As local teachers unions pressure school boards to refrain from opening, one Durham-based union in July demanded an array of far-left policy goals in order to hold in-person classes, including Medicare for All and direct income support regardless of immigration status. This was the uh, Durham uh, chapter of the NCAE, who, by the way, if you go to their uh, legislative agenda priorities, they have seven listed. And of the seven, none of them are to reopen schools. (laughs) Uh, Three of them are about more money for employees. One is to kill off all the vouchers. Uh, Another is to expand Medicaid. And two is to increase education funding in general. It's also important to note, as Senate President Pro Tem Phil Berger did in the press release again, that uh, the NCAE is looking to, quote, tap into re-entry anxiety. That, that's, those are their words. This is what they're trying to do. Tap into re-entry anxiety, redirect and focus uh, the anxious energy using NCAE as the vehicle to address concerns and keep us safe. And the point is to then pivot into electoral mobilization. This is from their own 2020 campaign strategy document that got leaked uh, and reported on not any kind of major newspaper or anything or WRAL or anything. No, no, no. This was over the summer and this was leaked and reported at uh, the John Locke Foundation, conservative think tank, Carolina Journal. So that's where that that's where we find out what the NCAE is up to. Senator Ballard uh, also quoted in the press release saying the irony should not be lost on anybody that at the same time the NCAE was planning its fear campaign, Harvard public health experts were warning that some kids may never recover from the school closures. So that's a wrap for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. I do appreciate it. Go to The Pete Callender Show, subscribe, think about becoming a patron, and we'll talk with you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone. 